Hey, thanks for listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We appreciate the support as always. In case you missed it, we have a newsletter coming out this August. And it's written by our resident funny man, so you know it's going to be fun and engaging. Justin, tell us more about it. Thanks, Nee. In this letter, I tell you everything you need to know about last week's episode in the rundown section, included with links from Tuesday and Friday's episode, another section of what to come, and my favorite part is the media fun stuff. In that, I tell you which movies you could watch on various streaming platforms if you liked what we had to talk about. Listen, fans, because no sport is left behind, it's important to know what's been happening with the Pro Sports Podcasters. By signing up for the weekly newsletter, we will have you front row center for every interview and analytic discussion. So do yourself a favor and sign up. The link is in the show notes. Be part of the conversation and enjoy some of the fun. Once again, we thank you for listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. Welcome all sports fans. On this podcast, no sport is left behind. I'm Justin Williams. I'm Cabrera Ron, and this is our brother from Down Under, me Wallace Bruce. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, filling you in on the latest news from the world of sports. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm your host, me, Wallace Bruce, and WB. And I am joined today by Justin. Justin Williams, how are you, bud? Hey, it's so good to be back. I've been kind of MIA for a little bit, but I missed your voice, my dude. Likewise, likewise. It's good to hear your dulcet tones on the air once again. And <laughs> we are back in the game. So it's a pleasure to have you back on. And it's a pleasure to have our guest on today. I have the pleasure of introducing an Olympian from the Canadian water polo team. She's actually based in Japan right now. They're just about to get into competition for the Tokyo Olympics. She is on the water polo team, as I say. It is the one and only Joelle Bekazi. Joelle, how are you? I am great. So happy to be here. Happy to have you. (laughs) And it's great to have you over in Japan. The team must be excited with competition only days away. We're very, very excited, especially after this long year. Oh, my God, yes. Right. So, I guess the team must have – how did it work? Did the team qualify for 2020 and then it was postponed, or was there an additional set of matches to get in for uh, 2021? So, we were lucky. We were part of the first round of teams that got qualified in 2019. Mm-hmm. So, we qualified at the Pan American Games in, 20, in Lima in 2019. So, there was still – Probably half the half the teams had to qualify this January, that just passed twenty twenty one. Right, Justin. Yeah. So after qualifications, um, and obviously the pandemic, how did that impact your individual training? Like, do you have a pool at home that you can be like, all right, let's start doing things, or do you not? And you're like, all right, let's imagine things. So what happened was in March we went into complete lockdown in Canada, and so. It was still snowy and cold where I lived in Montreal, based in Montreal. So luckily that week, like our whole team went home for a week. So everyone was in their hometowns and we ended up all being in lockdown in our hometowns, which was one like super positive thing that you got to go through this with your families. But those based in Montreal, we had ice and snow and we didn't have outdoor pools yet. Everything was closed. So basically, like you said, we were imagining we were doing like Zoom hit workouts together and 
basically what you could do, you know, like throwing balls on the wall, doing some drills that way. But it was really like we were um, kind of making it up as we went. And as everyone else was during the time, gotta love that Mamba mentality. <laughs> yeah, look, it's it's been a heck of a journey to get here, and it's almost like the competition before the competition, just just getting through this period. So, I guess, how did you stay resilient through that time, through the lockdown and whatnot? So for me, it was kind of. It was tough, but I've been trying, Canada has been trying to qualify for the Olympics since 20, 2004 was our last um, presence at the Olympic Games for water polo since the U.S. is our biggest rival and they are just top of the world right now. So it's been really tough for us. So this is my fourth cycle. And for me, at one point, I was like, one more year, what's one more year, you know, like it was about staying focused and just doing everything with no regret you didn't know what was going to happen you didn't know if they were going to end up canceling it there was so many unknowns but the one thing i just tried to focus on was listen i'm going to give it all i got day by day week by week month by month and no matter what happens i will know there's no regrets so that's literally how i stayed focused for all this time nice now i will admit we have had some members of the u.s team on our (laughs) show so um, hey, we we um we have a diverse set of uh, guests on the first sports podcasters. Now, what what's it like going up against the US? I mean, I know, like I said, they're the current world champions. They've won gold. Uh, the USA Canada rivalry is uh, what's what's that like in water polo? Well, since the beginning, since 2005, since I've been on the national team, it was really, 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 really intense. Canada, US was like one goal. It was so close. We'd win, they'd win. It was very, 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 very close. And then as they went on, like the US has just taken off and they are now maybe, there's no one that really stays close to them. So I think now it's all about like, how do you keep, how do you make the US, like, let's make them work, you know, how to stay close to them, how to do it quarter by quarter. and. You know, I really do love watching them play because they play a beautiful game. And it's, uh, yeah, and it's crazy because I have, I had teammates on there too. I, I played with Kaylee Hillcrest at USC. So we, we have a championship ring together. So it's kind of fun still to see that and to see her doing so well as well. I, I appreciate that. Nice. Shout out to Kaylee Gilchrist, friend of the show <laughs> and the UFC water polo team. Well, I must confess, you're the first water, water poloing individual who I have interviewed, so you're number one in my heart. Um, that's right. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> Is that shade, Justin? <laughs> no, that's me missing it because work has made me do like 55 hours in a week, and I'm like, I miss talking to people. Uh, but anyways, no, it is great to have you on, and you are genuinely my first water polo person, and you are very nice, so I don't have to worry about conversation with you. So this road to the Olympics itself has been one of many treacheries. But in 2015, you were in Canada doing the Pan Am Games. I was also in the Pan Am Games as a games news analyst. I end up doing uh, combat fighting. So up in Mississauga, I would just interview people after that. And I was offered to do water polo, but that was in a different location. I think it was in Richmond Hill. I could be wrong. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. It was just far from where I was. I'm like, "Ah, I I don't want to go. I don't want to go. But what experiences can you take from Pan Am, from Lima, that you're going to implement in Tokyo this year? So I think 
every game, no matter where you play. And I think having been able to experience so many Pan American games for us is at least the last one, we now kind of have an idea of what's a village. For us, it was an Olympic qualifier, so it's very stressful. And I think our biggest thing to remember here, it's on my on our team right now, the Canadians, every single one of us is a first-time Olympian. So this is a complete different ball game. No matter how many games you've played, no matter what you've done in the past, I have world championship medals. I have four Pan American medals. They don't mean anything. We're all starting at the same level at this point. Obviously, my experience will come in handy, but being an Olympian, it's a whole different ball game. And playing for the at the Olympic Games, every first time Olympian can probably say there's a little bit more stress, and you know the nerves will be go will be heightened a lot more than normal at any other tournament. Yeah, I mean the pressure's on, the lights on. These are the uh, these are the games that everyone lives for. I'm sure that's also due to the fact that there's the the format has changed on the women's side with there's the different format. It's now more teams, right? In competition. Yeah. Yeah, so there's two pools of five now. So every team will get a bye at some point. So already we have a day on, day on where you have a game, then you have a day off, then day on, day off. So there's going to be, everyone's going to have a moment of like having a three day off, three days off, which is going to be also interesting in itself. So it just like really extends the tournament a lot longer. Okay, now I'm going to ask a little bit about your history. At what age did you start water polo versus at what age were you interested? So when I was about eight to 10 years old, like really young. I was a little swimmer, a little fish. And in uh, Montreal, we have these outdoor community pools. And so that's kind of where you start trying all the aquatic sports, whether it's synchro, diving, water polo, swimming, like I did it all. And I remember the first time they threw me into water polo, it's because they didn't have enough girls. And they said, oh, Joel, you swim. And they just, she picked me up. I remember my coach picked me up, threw me in the water and said, just, just swim. Like we just need a player. And I was like, okay. And I was literally swimming up and down the pool and I was having a blast because I was swimming with my friends. I was literally in the water doing what I love, swimming with all my buddies all at the same time. The only thing is I didn't want the ball. I had no idea what to do with it. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I never wanted to get out. So that was my first experience of water polo. And it was only when I was 12 did I finally get to convince my mom to switch me into competitive water polo. So it was like winter, winter water polo is like what we used to say competitively. Mm-hmm. So when I was 13, that's when I, uh, or started my career. <laughs> Can you imagine being 13 and having a career? I'm 27. I, know, right? I still don't have a career. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. All right. So if I'm not mistaken, according to the official website, and I could be wrong, but you guys are facing Australia first in round one group. Yeah. A. Yeah. All right. Correct. So have, do you guys study like footage about that? Because Nee obviously is from Australia, so he has all the insight of everything. <laughs> like he he's in full contact with them every day. Nee's the I, secret coach. No, I'm, I'm not going to divulge this interview to the <laughs> opposition. You got any secret plays for us? You got anything? A little a little feedback to give us? <laughs> he was telling me about the one called the kangaroo. Oh, that one oh. sounds oh. illegal. I only Breaks all the koala one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so just like in, in like football and soccer, typically there's people who who record stuff and sit down. And they sit with everyone. Even in high school, we did that for football. Uh, I'm assuming that's is that similar in water polo. Like, how does that? How do people go about that? Absolutely, we all have. A, every team has their own system. Us, it's like we we tag things and yeah. So we have video footage of the Australians, but they they also haven't played in quite a while, mm-hmm. so we haven't seen them. So they're kind mm-hmm. of. We're, and they've just changed coach again as well. So there's a lot of things you don't know. So you just prepare for a little bit of everything. But you, every team has their 
their nature, you know, like what their strength is. And so you kind of will work off of what that is. And here you prepare for everything. And by preparing other teams, you kind of like, you can hit a little bit of everything. So yeah, we have our video sessions. <laughs> Perfect. Well, as I say, winners make things happen, losers let things happen. Now, Are you not- quoting me? Because that's my favorite quote. That is your favorite quote. Yes, I am <laughs> quoting you. So tell us, tell us the story behind that, if you don't mind. Can I be absolutely frank? I have no idea where I first found that. I don't even know who said it. Like I had it written on my wall since I was young and I would wake up to it and it didn't even have, it was like um, author unknown. So I don't even know who came up with that. I just saw it once and I was like, yes, if I want things to happen, I got to do them. You can't just sit back. So I've always lived my life like that, where no matter what you will, I will push through it and I will always find a way. Yeah, I like that. Always find a way no matter what. And mm-hmm. and hey, here you are. You're, you were the first Canadian to win an NCAA title in water polo. That's right. You're in <laughs> Tokyo with the inaugural water polo team since 2004. Since 2004, yeah. And you it feels the, like that. Right. I mean, it's, it's a long time. I mean, talking about what I was doing since 2004, geez, it's a while ago. I was, I was in grade four in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> and I should say you have a swimwear line. So please tell our listeners about Jolin. I hope I pronounced it right. Yeah, Jolin. So it's a, actually it's California based and I'm just the representative for Canada. And this is also something that I first did kind of as a hobby because I really believed in the brand. I loved it. It was actually different water polo players that I knew, like Heather Petrie, who's a couple-time Olympian, Tanya Gandhi. All these people were representatives, and they believed it, believed in this brand, and it's all about women empowerment. And I truly, truly, truly loved it. And so I brought it up to Canada, and now I have grown it over the last couple of years. And we, I now have a store, a website. And it's just an incredible company. And we, we're all about like fashion. It's fashionable, functional, and it fits everybody. So that's kind of our whole mantra is like any every woman should feel confident and beautiful in their own skin. And so we make it happen. Nice. And just just switching back to the story, how you got into water polo. What are some things we can do to get more girls into water polo, especially in Canada? To be honest, I think the fact that we have finally qualified for the Olympics, I think is one thing to get a little bit more exposure for the sport because it is a very unknown sport, especially in Canada. A lot of swimmers tend to, if they decide that they don't like swimming anymore, you know, it's also a really good way to either jump into, a lot of people do synchro or water polo. Mm. But I think just having us at the Olympics and we'll be on TV and people will be able to see like, wow, these are some strong women, you know, and not where we have strong bodies. We don't have to be these perfect little, you know, like skinny girls, like anyone can play this sport. And I think it's, it's like powerful to be strong and to be, uh, and to kind of like wrestle and to do a, such a tough, tough, tough sport. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that will really help our, uh, our sport expand. Yeah. It's a very good point you raise because it's not just about um, swimming because you're treading water for the four quarters, but you also have to compete for the ball and then I know what that things go on under the water. I know that there's jostling and kicking and whatnot. So <laughs> I'm sure it's very physically demanding to, uh, to do that. But like you said, if you can see it, you can be it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just going to recount the first and only time I've ever played water polo. And um, it was far less enjoyable than your first experience. I uh, <laughs> I was 17 
And my buddy was, we were at the rec center and he was like, hey, let's do this. Now keep in mind, today I'm 175. Back then I was, I was 210. Oh my God. So I don't know what position I was supposed to play, but I know what position I did play. And I was just basically in the middle of the water, just treading it and like my hands up in the air. Cause I'm, I'm six one, so I'm a decent height. Yeah. And I kept blocking shots with my face. It wasn't supposed to, but it was like eight or nine times the ball hit my face. We're all amateurs. Like it wasn't intentional <laughs> to the point where, like my nose started bleeding. And I'm like, I think I should leave. <laughs> like <laughs> That is not a good experience. That is not a good first experience. <laughs> no. And I think I slightly have PTSD now from it. And the thing is, even some of it was like my teams are trying to like, pass to each other, just hit me in the face on the way over. And I'm like, ah, okay. I feel like that Sterling guy. That's what does to make our sports so interesting is it, it there are so many compartments to it that people don't think about. Like people are like, how do you just tread water the whole time? And I'm like, you know what? Treading water is like us walking on a soccer field. Mm. You know what I mean? That's like the easy part and where we just like can relax and calm down. But like you have to be physically fit. You have to have endurance. You have to have power. It's a tactical, technical game. There's so much to it. You have to be. Yeah, you, it's it's crazy. It's a very uh, it's it's a cool sport. It encompasses quite a few sports. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Apparently MMA. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's right. Getting leg kicks all day. <laughs> Conor McGregor. I've seen some of those, um, the archive footage of the water polo from, I think, the Melbourne Olympics in 1956. I think it was Hungary and maybe Yugoslavia. Anyway, it was a literal bloodbath. I hope oh, that doesn't happen in, Japan, in Tokyo. I'm sure it won't. But... No, the rules have changed. Uh, yes. <laughs> There's some things that are more controlled. There we go. For those of you on Facebook, don't forget to check out our Pro Sports Podcasters page, as well as the Pro Sports Podcasters group, if you're interested in finding out up-to-date information on our most recent podcast, plus additional information you can ask us directly using Facebook as the medium. Now, speaking of Canada, you're part of the, the 150 Women can you tell our listeners about that? So 150 Women is about women supporting women. Jane Roost, who's the founder of Can Fund 150 Women, she was just like, you know, when you average out, if everyone, if a woman can just offer $150 to support female athletes, it was kind of just like a little amount. If everyone can give a little bit and whether it's $20, $15, but it's basically to support female athletes because she had she had gone through donors. She's the founder of Can Fund which is a huge support system for a lot of Canadian athletes. And uh, she realized that a lot of donors were all men. So then she was trying, she's done this for the last couple of years of trying to open it up to women supporting women. So that's where the 150 women comes from. So it's to donate $150 towards a female athlete. Nice. I'll have to sign to that. Yeah. I'm actually just kind of researching this now. I was like, this rings a, a bell in my ear. And then I was like, I remember where I saw this from. <laughs> Coincidentally enough. So I do stand up comedy. And there was a representative at one of the shows one time. I don't know if it was a representative, but somebody there was talking about it. I should and like talking about it in depth. So I don't know if this individual was an athlete or not, but I remember like hearing this 151 and how CBC was airing or like yeah, not airing but putting ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and global news too. So yeah, this is all this, this is all coming back full circle to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's only like 7:20 in the morning here. This is too much for my brain to handle at the moment, but I appreciate this. Uh, so what's next for you in terms of like water polo? I don't know what the average career length goes to. I could be 50 for all I know. Are you insinuating that I'm getting old? 
that no, I'm insinuating you're a you're on your own, Justin. Huh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, no, um, I still think you're in your prime. Like, because it used to be back okay. in the day, you hit like thirty something. You're like, oh, your career's done. You should retire now. In like today's modern technology, thirty, you're like, ah, oh, you're still young. You're not even at your prime yet. So it's like, where the hell's your prime, Justin? Yeah, you're maybe. Talk- <laughs> I was gonna say, Justin, mm-hmm. you're talking to two people that have an age starting with three. So watch what you say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, uh, I know. I'm just saying. You guys are both in your prime. We are in our prime in real life, yeah. but I mean, in sport, I like your body ends up taking a lot. I've been doing this for a really, really, really long time. I don't like to say I'm gonna hang up the cap, but um, I'd like to start a family. So that's some, something I'm looking forward to after this five-year Olympic cycle. So we'll see. We'll see. Would you coach for the for the like pole team? Would you still have your essential hand in the water? foot in the water, hand on the ball. I don't know. I would hope so. I love this sport so much. And I just hope that I can pass on my passion and my love for it and all the knowledge that I've gained through so many coaches. So I definitely want to stay um, involved in any way I can. So we'll see. We'll see what comes. Hopefully you'll see me coaching one day. I would love to see it. I'd love for you to coach the three of us. There's a third member named Colbert Duran who's currently golfing at the moment. But I think it'd be cool oh, okay. if we like shot a video of you teaching us like basic drills and the ball hitting my face again. Uh, no, we're going to teach them <laughs> not to hit you in the face with the ball. That's what I'm going to teach you guys. <laughs> we should do it with kids, like just a pool of like eight-year-olds and then like <laughs> four people. You in three. the middle? <laughs> yeah. I would still get hit in the face. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's I, I have a little bit of experience with water polo from growing up in Australia. When I say a little, it's very, very little. I, I didn't play competitively. It's more just, <laughs> okay, it's a straight summertime, get in the pool kind of thing. But um, yeah. there's definitely an opportunity in Canada. I can see that. I can see that there's – I can definitely see more kids getting into the sport. So like you said before, having it on TV, I feel like that will inspire the next generation. And hopefully, yeah, we can just keep kids in sports. And I know the pandemic has been tough on everyone, but – um there's definitely an opportunity there for sure. Now, you're also, if I'm not mistaken, are you also an, in the world of osteo? Yes, osteopathy, we say. Thank you. I, I, I was going to say, <laughs> I wasn't sure what the, the correct suffix was. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to lay this up and let Joel put this into the back and end it for me. <laughs> so, how has that helped your water polo career? Um, development or career, I guess, physically? So, yeah, definitely a couple years ago, I started getting treatments in osteo and it really, 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 really helped. I only came about to become an osteo was after the 2012 Olympics, that that cycle, that was my second cycle. And I wanted to retire. I wanted to be a two-time Olympian and I was going to like move on and continue. And my goal is to go to med school because I was still relatively young, but I was like in that mid to the early 20s. But when I decided when we didn't qualify, I remember being like, okay, water polo is not done with me. I got to keep going. There's no way this can end. Like this was like minutes after our qualifying game and we lost by one goal. And I just ran up to the stands to see my parents. And I was like, there's no way I can, there's no way I can stop. Like water polo is not done with me. I got to keep going. got to keep going. And they said, okay, which I kind of knew that doing another cycle, you know, med school was going to get further pushed, pushed more and more to the side. So I really chose like the Olympic dream over anything else. So I decided to continue that journey. And of course, as you now know, 2016, we also didn't qualify by a goal. 
And so it continued, continued. So in 2016, I decided, okay, like, I think it's a little bit late. I'm, if I wanted to see myself in 10 years, where would I be? So I was like, I could be doing maybe residency or I can go into osteo, which I was really lucky in Canada. We have uh, something called game plan and they help you find different careers for those nearing the end of their career in sport. So they help you find your path and all that stuff. So they helped me come up with osteo and then I got to shadow um, an osteo and follow along. And anyways, that's how I really found that that's my true passion. And it was because I was treated in the past with it and it helped so much. Probably saved my career actually. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Extended the career, if you will. Yeah, ex- extended the career. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that kind of goes hand in hand with what I was asking earlier, like what's going to happen after, you know, you hang up the cap or or what happens. I could also see you being like an analyst for TSN or something because you have a very good speaking voice. You're very articulate. And uh, do you also, my pleasure. Uh, Do you also speak French? I sure do. I'm perfectly fluid. I was going to say, it's it's my second language. When I saw where you were from, I'm like, I'm not going to ask her any questions. She's going to correct my grammar the whole goddamn time. <laughs> I would never. I would just help you. I would, I, would, I would hope that you just embarrass me and then tell me how to do it properly. Because that, that's how I learn. <laughs> I mean, I can do that too. I really don't have a problem. I mean, that's good. I had an interview and the girl was just like, she spoke French fluently. And she's like, I want half this interview in French. And I literally was like, no, you don't. Like, you'll understand what I'm saying, but you're like, I'm uh it's like, uh, no, it's, it's just bad. Anyways, anyways. So yeah, I can, you know, as in like doing osteo, it's fantastic. You kind of have a side hustle going on with this company that you're, you're, you know, swimsuit and all that you have, that you, you have, um, like the family goals and I don't know, I'm just saying, I'm just throwing wind into the air at this point, but I wouldn't uh, rule out trying to get into uh, broadcasting at some point. I feel like you'd be great at it. I think you don't add more to my plate now. <laughs> so I'm someone who's a kind of a go-getter. I mean, I'm just saying, I had a great time interviewing you. But I would love to have you back on. I'm pretty sure Nee would as well. Mm. He's going to tell you about the kangaroo method when it comes to water polo. <laughs> yeah, so, I still need to know. I, yeah, I so uh, my it's, game it's is what... six days. I got to know. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> well, well, um, <laughs> I'll give you the 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 short version for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm good. Nee, do you have anything? Yeah, I guess bro- Justin raises a good point. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> because the, I guess it's one thing to go to the Olympics, but like you said, it's a four-year cycle. So thinking about the in-between years, how do we get water polo on TV in Canada? Honestly, <laughs> that's going to be straight up. Honestly, we need tournaments in Canada. So we finally, a couple of years, in the 2019, 2018 actually, we had a Canada Cup, and then it was finally being broadcasted on CBC, which was great. Cause, and we had so many fans and everything. So it's just about having enough money to be able to fund tournaments and have international games. Having international teams come to your country, too, is huge, and it's a really good way to promote. The U.S. do a great job. Whenever they have teams come, they make sure to really spread out where they play and when we have official games. So you'll be kind of driving all around different places in California, for example, just to really spread it out. Mm. But yeah. Right. And I know that players often go to Europe uh, to play for clubs. Would you like to see a, I guess, a club competition in Canada and or a club competition with the U.S.? I mean, that would be probably the dream to have such high level 
competitions every weekend and having these club teams and it would be good because the Canada and the US is so close. You could do so many like here's an East Coast League, a West Coast League, mm. then we cross, you know, like there's so many things we could do, but I mean, these are things people have been trying to do, but maybe that's something that I'll just jump in and, you know, maybe I'll try. Yeah, start it. Now, did you have any words that you'd like to share with our listeners? That was very vague, but... Uh... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I guess... Uh... Tip your waitresses, waiters, <laughs> smile at somebody. To, I, just, I guess I just wanted to make sure my words came out all right. <laughs> it's still early <Yeah>. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, I guess um, for any like young kid listening or anyone who's like that, my what my advice has been the last, which I've come to terms with this last year in, in lockdown was just really never be afraid to shine. You can be, you can get in your own way and you're your worst enemy. So I think it's never be afraid to shine, never give up. I mean, I've been chasing this dream for, for six, 17 years now and I'm finally achieving it. So you know what? Never give up is basically what i live by now i like that i mean i i think that's fantastic for for the next next generation for the young people out there but i think even just for for the world coming out of pandemic i think those are yeah. sage words you know it's there's a lot of things that we've had to give up or sorry not give up but put on hold during yeah. this time but no we shouldn't give up and we should shine because why, why, yeah, why play small? You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> life's too short to be playing small. So Exactly. Like live your life with no regrets. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen. If You'll never know if you don't try either. So jump in with two feet and enjoy. Enjoy life. Enjoy every day. And, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, there we have it. Joelle Bacazi. You can find her on Instagram at Joelle Bacazi. <laughs> And her Twitter is Mikazi Joel. Easy to remember. <laughs> we really appreciate your time. And yeah, we, we're looking forward to seeing Canada do well at the Olympics. Justin's Canadian, so he'll be cheering love it. cheering you on. And I'll be cheering you on as oh, well because yeah. I love to see our guests do well. And yeah, we're, we're going to be watching a lot of water polo now. We really got into That's the right. sport. So yeah, we really appreciate your time today, Joel. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Great to meet you guys. Hopefully we can meet in person one day. I would yes. love to do that. <laughs> I would love that. Well, I now, still got to teach you guys how to play. So There we go. Yeah, my, my, I got to make my nose bleed from eight-year-olds again. Ah, oh, it'd be so great. <laughs> um, actually, sorry, before you go, just another quick kind of random question here. Being from Montreal, I'm assuming you've had a poutine at least once or twice in your life. Are you kidding me? That's like what you eat for breakfast. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, definitely have. I love them. Okay, because we've had some guests on. I'm like, have you had a poutine? And they're like, that sounds not what it's supposed to be. And I'm like, it's a food. And they're like, still sounds weird. And I was like, it's great. <laughs> no, no, it's so good. Yeah, it's first, probably the first thing I'll get when I get home. All right, so what what is your poutine of choice then? Okay, don't judge me, okay? Um, when I can make it myself, well, we, we, mm -hmm. there's a different places, but there's a place where you can choose your French fry. I like sweet potato fries, the curdled cheese, so the regular poutine cheese, regular gravy sauce with Corn and green peppers. Oh, and hot dogs. Sorry. Little hot dogs cut up. Nice. So you have your veggies, your protein, and yeah, it's really good. And is there a particular name for that or is that just the Joel? That's special? the Joel Bacazi. The That's Joel Bacazi. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I like I that. have to yeah, I have to listen to this interview again and just write all that down and be like, all right. 
New York fries do this for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's, um... Can I tell you guys a fun fact, actually, since we're still yeah. here? Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm sitting in a kimono, actually. Yes. I got fully dressed up in a kimono. They they had bought them for us today. And so for dinner tonight, we all got dressed up in these cute kimonos with these beautiful bows. And yeah, I'm just sitting here having a blast in my Japanese attire. <laughs> I feel like you should like tweet that or Instagram that or something. Just be like, <laughs> sushi I don't even know. Like, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, as they say in Japan, that's kawaii. It's, I like that. That's that's nice. <laughs> and also in Japanese saying, Gambate kudasai. I'm gonna say good luck and go well in your competition. Thank you. Got it. Perfect. There we go. For, it was good this time? Okay. Yeah. You know I was gonna, like, the way you said that, I thought for you were gonna leave out Team Canada for a second and I was gonna be like, ah I almost did and I'm like, I don't think I said it. I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, we appreciate your time. Bye, you too. Bye. Thanks, Joel. <laughs>